everybody. This is Atkins. And this is Adam. And we're welcoming you to another episode of Kyo Cinema. This is the podcast wherein Adam and I watch all of the Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, and Dragon Ball Super, eventually, movies in release order, including all those funky live action ones. But thank God we've got a long, long break before the next one of them. That's true. We did just do a review for some live action ones for the history of Trunks. Those were pretty cool. Yeah, the fan the fan made movies were pretty yeah, fun. Hopefully, some fun. some of the folks listening went and, and uh, checked those out and give you know two more views to those videos. I'm sure that's yeah. all the that's the uh, the only people that listen. Or there's two of them. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I'm pretty happy. Episode 15, and we've got a couple listeners. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. And we are continuing our march through. Uh, these movies, we are uh, at, we have arrived um, at the first Broly movie, the first of, uh, uh, well, technically four, if you count the super one that we'll get to in like seven years. But uh, in addition to Kyo Cinema, if you if you don't already know this, we have another podcast called The Almighty Podcast, wherein we cover all things My Hero Academia. Um, and we, uh, as of tonight, as of the, the moment of this recording, it is March 30th, uh, and it is our official three-year anniversary of the first piece of content that Adam and I released together. That is awesome. Not only is it our three-year anniversary, but next Monday we were releasing our 100th episode of Almighty Podcast, which is pretty crazy. Uh, and we've got an awesome little uh, interview form questionnaire online that you can check out, submit you know, multiple questions for our trivia ep- or section of that episode, and you can submit like open-ended questions for like a discussion. We're going to have a couple topics that we talk about, and uh, we've got a couple of other things. So check out that form. I'm sure there's a link to it in this episode uh, description. There's also been <laughs> a handful of links out there in almighty podcasts episodes most recently so if you want to be part of episode 100 please uh donate some questions to us it's gonna be a lot of fun i think we're gonna have a blast with it yes and time is running short as of the time that you are going to be able to hear this you will have mere like two or three days max uh, to get those questions in before we record episode 100. Uh, so please do visit that link uh, and submit some answers and we'll we'll give you a little shout out and do our best to not embarrass ourselves in the trivia section. I'm confident that I'm going to be embarrassed in the trivia section. But We're going to throw some easy ones in there for you, Atkins. It's okay. Okay, good. Uh, yeah, I don't even know what would constitute as an easy, like who's the main character? Even still, I'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you could choose three or four people, really. It's true. That Yeah, that's exactly my, t- yeah, I don't know. Well, well, I'll just be an anxious person during the trivia apart it's just it's just a fact um but enough of the my hero stuff let's get into the dragon ball z stuff um i have yes. been anxiously awaiting reviewing broly because i could only recall good memories and and um excited recollections of this particular movie so does it hold up you will have to stay tuned for a little while in order to uh hear the the real answer to that but let's dive into dragon ball z colon broly the legendary Super Saiyan. There might be another piece of. I'm sure there's another piece of uh, punctuation in there that I'm forgetting. There's um, got to be. Now, would you say before we go any further, would you say that this movie is probably the most famous Dragon Ball Z movie? Like, I feel like everyone knows who Broly is. I well, I would say that Broly is probably one of the most popular Dragon Ball Z characters. I don't That's know if fair. this is the most famous of their movies. Um, there, I, I mean, there probably is a good argument to be made for that. Um, but the character certainly has seen some insane popularity uh, in the fan base over the years. And 
Um, I mean, this is Broly is only the second Dragon Ball Z movie to even get a sequel, and he doesn't just get one. Uh, he gets so like, several. Yeah. 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 So like Cooler <laughs> had, you know, his first and then second movies. Broly has his first, second, and then a third one, and then gets rebooted um, with Dragon Ball Super in a fourth and movie. And canonized. Yeah, right. Yeah, is that he's the, in the verb for that? Now. I feel like that's the. I'm going to make that the verb for that for this episode. Yeah, uh, I'll allow it. Um, so yeah, he his popularity is massive. Um, they hit on something uh, that was that has seen just incredible popularity uh, in this particular character. I will go so far as to say that like of the Dragon Ball Z Broly movies, this is easily the strongest of the three in my memory. Um, I'm sure that that is going to hold up in our ratings over time. That's what I'm anticipating and going ahead and and guessing. It's interesting that you feel that way because I. I really do remember not being a huge fan of this movie, but loving the next one. I don't know why, but I remember liking the next one quite a bit. Yeah, I, it's been years and years and years since I've seen number two or number three. I know that uh, Broly, Bio Broly, is not good in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember Bio Broly. I don't know that I've seen Bio Broly. Oh, I have. Uh, yeah. I have. I have very distinct recollections of how much I really didn't like that one. Uh, <laughs> in the second one, I remember parts of it being like well animated and there being some cool fight stuff. But uh, as far as it as a movie goes, I feel like this one is much stronger. As far as Broly as a character goes also, I think that this is the stronger of three because he actually has like speaking lines and a little bit of nuance in this one. And in the other two, he basically shouts and he that's screams. and that's exclusively it. Like not to say he doesn't shout in this one because my Lord does he, but still. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Well, now proceed. Feel free to jump in. I wanted your opinion on that. Yeah, so um, Broly, the legendary Super Saiyan, was released on March 6th, 1993. Um, and, of course, that's a Japanese release. Um, so we, if you don't know, we talk about when it first aired, um, but our coverage focuses primarily on the English uh, uh, dub, uh, and we will make some references to any kind of Japanese subtitle differences that are um, significant as we go. Uh, and then this is the place in the podcast where Adam talks about where in the world this movie could possibly have slotted in the Dragon Ball Z proper timeline, according to the canon of the show. Um, where might this have taken place? The proper timeline, I think, is supposed to be the few days before the Cell Saga, after Gohan and Goku come out of the hyperbolic time chamber. The main reasoning behind that is the fact that Trunks has long hair, which he grew in the hyperbolic time chamber, and Gohan can go Super Saiyan, which he learned to do in the hyperbolic time chamber. The weird part about it, though, is, is that Cell seems to be a total afterthought when it comes to this movie. Like, he's not mentioned. There appears to be no threat of him back on Earth. Uh, so, I, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those weird things, too, where, like, I don't feel like they do a very good job explaining how long it takes for them to get from Earth to the planet that this movie takes place on because at one point piccolo shows up and for him to have shown up in time he would have had to gone like like left the earth right after they did i don't know there's some weird things that i feel like take place that that kind of leave the idea in my mind that they would not have made it back home in time to defeat cell but what's even more interesting to me is that for all matters that i could tell broly should be way more powerful than cell and yet you know cell does quite a bit of work against our crew so there's some weirdness there in my opinion now i did find a really interesting article that was talking about a magazine that laid out some like relationship and familial ties between all the saiyans when this movie came out and they mentioned turles which would be kind of odd in the sense that he's not canon either but 
that made it sound like this movie could have taken place in the same timeline that Tree of Might took place in, but I, I don't know. I don't think it really fits super well in any of those timelines, and I didn't have a great theory on where this could fit in a movie canon either. I mean, this is very... It just kind of is its own thing, if that makes sense. Yeah, I I tended to lean towards the the, the description that you led with, where it's somewhere after the time chamber. That makes the most sense. There is a little bit of... Uh, like discontinuity in the fact that like after the time chamber, Gohan and Goku in particular were trying to stay in that Super Saiyan state. Um, and we see them in and out of it in this movie, um, even when they're at rest. And like one of the big things about them when they came out of the time chamber was that they were staying. They were managed to stay and mastered that form so that it wasn't this big power drain on them. Um, and we don't see them doing that consistently through the movie. Um and I actually have done a lot of reading on where Broly's power level supposedly is, not for Raditz scale reasons, because good Lord, no. But we, uh, one of the more compelling arguments that I had heard um, was that, uh, and we've heard this uh, kind of around the same, uh, uh, some of the other movies, which is that um, the the villain of each movie is similar-ish in power to villains that were in the series at the time of its release. Um, and so a lot of pretty well-reasoned speculation is that Broly is somewhere around the strength of Perfect Cell. Um, and one of the points that they brought up in this discussion was that um, Cell was regularly withholding his full power um, in, in the fights until maybe the, towards the very end against Gohan. Like he was not using his 100% power even against Super Saiyan Goku. Um, and so I thought that that made some sense. Um, there is discussion, of course, in that as to whether or not Broly has like in in uh, like a, a bottomless pool of key to work from. Um, and that was built off of like one line inside of the movies that is there in both English and Japanese that we'll talk about when we get there. The one thing that I did find online that I thought was really interesting about this movie in particular is that it's the only movie where Broly is kind of a standalone villain in the sense that he's not really based off anyone like he just is Broly whereas all of the other villains could kind of be interchangeable for one of the villains from the TV show uh, so the the article I was reading was saying that Bojack the next villain we are encountering is effectively in place of Cell for the movies whereas Broly wasn't really based on anything other than Trunks himself the the main director of Broly you know really liked the way that Trunks looked when he was uh, in his I think they call it like the third Saiyan or that the third there was some strange name for it i found a lot i know it is super saiyan 1.5 where they're like super beefy <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know so but i i mean i thought that was kind of an interesting thing to note that this is more of a standalone movie in that sense as well yeah i would argue that the real villain in this movie is paragus i um, agree yeah. <laughs> but we can yeah. get into that a little later <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty rough, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a he's a very interesting character in this movie. Uh, I think that he loses some of his finer points going forward, but there are arguments to make that he gets stronger as the series progresses too, because he is a Saiyan. So he gets quote unquote killed in this movie, which means that he gets the Saiyan Zenkai boost in time for the second one. And, um, so we'll, we'll cover all that, but, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The, the, the argument that I listened to that I, I found pretty persuasive was that he was around perfect cells power probably, um, in this movie, which makes sense visually in the, the way that it's depicted his ability to fight who we fought, um, even all at the same time Agreed. would line up with that some. Absolutely. Well, why don't you tell us about, uh, the voice actors for this movie? I'm sure you've got a couple new ones. 
I do. Um, I just added, uh, we added Paragus and Broly to the voice actors lists. Um, so Paragus is voiced by uh, Damon, Damian Clark, um, who we've seen as Bora in previous movies. He also voices all of the cells in Dragon Ball Z, um, future Gohan in the History of Trunks. Um, I can't, you know, I honestly can't remember if I covered that when we covered History of Trunks. I don't think you did. I, and you know, to be fair, I don't know that I realized that it wasn't uh, the woman that normally voices Gohan. I thought it was her. So it's a, No, it's a dude that voices, uh, I think it's, is it Huber um, that does Gohan typically? Okay. I think okay. so, yeah. Um, but yeah, oh, you can tell if you're watching History of Trunks and you have a familiarity with like teen and older Gohan, like post, um, post the Cell Saga when he's older then, uh, yeah, like that voice is not in the history of Trunks. You know, the worst part is, is I tend to watch more Team Four Star than I do actual Dragon Ball. So the mm-hmm. real voice actors are almost lost on me now. <laughs> like, I know that's yeah. insane, but I will recognize the Team Voice, uh, Team Four Star voice actors before I do the other ones more often than not. Yeah. Um, I also, he also voiced um, young Obito Ochiha in naruto the the kid oh, version cool. that was running around with kid kakashi yeah um and also pain um the one oh, of the okay, main yeah. villains in uh shippuden so um that is uh damian clark for the english voice actor for broly we have uh vic mignana um who has some um, maybe even more popularity as edward elric um from full metal alchemist um, i would but- say that he probably has more notoriety from that for sure I would guess so. But he does voice Broly in literally all things Broly, all three Dragon Ball Z movies and also uh, Dragon Ball Super, which came out in 2018. So yes. um, persistent. And um, Damian Clark, I believe, reprises Paragris in that movie as well. I think they oh, kept that's all cool. the original voice actors for that. That makes sense. I can see why. Um, and uh, regrettably, it's hard to talk about uh, Vic Mignogna without also mentioning that um, he has been embroiled in a little bit of controversy and even some uh, litigation um, really since Dragon Ball Super Broly came out. Um, some allegations were made um, that alleged that he participated in some um, harassment behavior, including some of the sexual type. Um, and it got to a point where he actually took um, some other voice actors and even Funimation to court over this stuff um, for defamation and, and uh, loss of basically that they had interfered with his ability to uh, to make money um, at cons and such. Uh, so he took Monica Rial, who we know um, as the voice of Bulma in Kai and Super, um, and then also uh, another pretty famous voice actress who I don't think has done anything Dragon Ball. I could be wrong. If she did, it had to have been like small bit parts, um, but uh, Jamie Markey. Um, and um, they, because of they came out and um, kind of cited and even uh, added to the allegations uh, they experienced a lot of harassment and, of course, were taken to court over this kind of thing. Uh, and they actually have a podcast out right now. Um, I listened to the first episode today, and it's kind of good. I mean, like, really good, um, in which the two of them discuss uh, their experiences on this side of the allegations and the litigation. It's called the In Touch Podcast. Um, it's just two episodes long. It's the two of them just sitting down in the first episode. They lay out the timeline of the allegations and uh, some of the court stuff. Um, they've got a website, wewillbeintouch.com, that you can visit. We might link it in the show notes where you can read all of the court documents. You can read all sorts of coverage uh, by the media about the whole thing. Um, you can even look at the like what they call the thread knot, which is this giant Twitter thread that has all this information. Um, I will say... Uh, you know, 
it's it was uh, kicked out of court. I think in twenty. It was like 19. late 2019, yeah. The, yeah. the judge canceled all of the uh, proceedings that Vic had brought to them anyways. Yeah, um, and he had lost his job at Funimation um, and was not uh, was getting barred from a lot of cons because of the allegations. Uh, so that was part of why he went to court um, against these two women, one of their fiancés and Funimation. Uh, but they, they there has been an appeal. But it happened like during COVID, and so I think it's still in like judicial limbo somewhere. Um, but really big kudos to both Monica Rial and Jamie Markey um, because the way that they handle the situation in their podcast is they're very explicitly like this isn't a podcast about uh, Vic Mignogna. In fact, I think in the first episode they only say his name twice. Um, every other time they use pronouns um, or uh, they kind of. Um, talk their way around him like uh, the the gentleman or the, the person who took us to court, things like this. Um, they are very upfront about the fact that this isn't a podcast about him. It's them exercising their right to talk about the situations that they went through. Um, and it's really good. I was very impressed with the first episode. So if you're interested, it's only got two episodes so far. Um, both of them came out this year. Uh, and again, you can find them uh, in the in I N touch podcast um, in whichever podcaster that you'd like. Now it's really interesting. And I have done a little bit of research on this. It seems like uh, Johnny young Bosch has replaced Vic in at least dragon ball fighter Z for Broly voice acting. Uh, and I really like Johnny young Bosch. He's the uh, black Ranger, the second iteration of the black Ranger. Um, and I, I mean, I think he could definitely pull it off. So I'm interested in seeing if he voices him in the new superheroes movie. I, I tried to find a little bit of info, but it doesn't sound like anyone's been cast as Broly, although we know Broly's in that movie. So maybe it'll be him. It'd be really cool to see him uh, take that role. Yeah. So if you want to, you can go, like I said, to in touch uh, or uh, what I say, uh, but shoot, I already forgot the we, name of the website. We will be in touch. <laughs> we will be in touch.com. Uh, and you can read, all, you know, access all that information for yourself and, and study up. Um, but it is that has been a very hot topic in the anime world um, for the last three years. Like certainly if you were a Dragon Ball Z fan, it was hard to miss. Yeah. Um, and so we didn't want to neglect it or to ignore it because it, it's a very important allegation um, that is still um, seemingly in the process in one form or another. So uh, go and do your research and then you can uh, you can decide for yourselves, um, you know, where you fall on, on the issues. But I do re- highly recommend the podcast. I found it to be really well done and, and wisely handled, in my opinion. But um, enough about that. Let's get into uh, Dragon Ball Z colon Broly, some other uh, punctuation mark, the legendary <laughs> Super Saiyan. Probably, I don't know, probably a hyphen. They surely didn't go double colon. No, no way. It. I feel like they could have done that with uh, Super Dragon Ball Superheroes, though. Like, I feel like that name's been changed so many times. What a clunky name. Anyway. It really um, is a clunky <laughs> name. So, but we're talking about Broly here. Why yeah, don't we yeah. get right started off? We are introduced into this movie with the south galaxy just being absolutely destroyed so says the narrator anyways and we transfer over to king kai who's like very upset about this it's just as he feared earth's galaxy is next and then we get our awesome intro song uh it's a new the new version of Hedshala, uh, where they've replaced a handful of the old scenes with scenes with chunks and vegeta 
Uh, so it was great. And then we go right into Goku and Chi-Chi, who are waiting in line at a private school uh, for an interview. They are going to try to get Gohan into some very prestigious school. And, of course, everyone else out is having a good time, a picnic. And, you know, Goku wants to be there, not waiting in line with, like, thousands of other people. That's going to take multiple hours of waiting to, to even get to the interview process. Yeah, and Chi-Chi has basically scripted everything for Goku because she knows better than to trust him. Um, with like her son's academic future. Uh, so for instance, when Chi Chi is, when we meet up with them in their line, uh, waiting for their, their turn to interview, she asks him what his hobbies are. And at first he clarifies, like, is the hobby is just something that I enjoy. And she's like, yeah. And he's like, well, then it's fighting really strong people, you know? Um, and she's like, no, the correct answer is, and what you're going to say is my hobbies are reading and sports. Uh, and Goku's like, I don't even own a book. Um, so <laughs> she's, she's very much like, listen, you are going to lie and you are going to lie. Well, in fact, um, Goku at one point even gets wise and he's like, he leans in real close and he's like, oh, I see. It's like a lying contest. Yeah. <laughs> like he yeah. had figured it out. Um, she even made a list of like her, his favorite words. And Goku's like, I don't like any words, you know, but uh, yeah. she's like friendship, effort and victory. Recite them after me, you know. So uh, Chi Chi is very much the uh, she just wants, you know, Gohan to have all the best when it comes to academia. And Goku, um, he's. He cares right now in this scene because Chi-Chi cares so much. In fact, that comes out, I think, in his conversation with King Kai. Seeing him in a suit cracked me up because she's got him in like a three-piece suit. And it just doesn't... There's something about it that's kind of brain-breaking. I think he looks great in a suit. Oh, yeah. No, he looks good. I just, you know, I'm so used to the uh, the orange gi. Yeah, well, and apparently he has it on up underneath that suit. Because <laughs> so. like later when he gets the King Kai, he just rips the suit off and is in his traditional gi, which I thought was kind of yeah. silly. Well, we catch up with the rest of the party who are, like I said, out having a picnic. I, th- I think they even mentioned that they might be going camping at some point, but they, <laughs> Roshi's it's the been- the flower viewing party. It's a Japanese festival is? when the cherry blossoms bloom. Gotcha. Okay, thank you. So Roshi is uh, very schmammered. He is juggling some plates. Oh, yeah. And it's great, too, because uh, I think it's uh, in the Japanese vol- version, Bulma says something about like him you know, not just being pervy, but in the English version, she's like, well, you know, I guess that's what happens when he's missing his magazines yeah he is he is very much drunk in public and the english version tries to mitigate that some with they the try. way that yeah they try i mean you can't you can't you know obscure the fact that he's definitely drinking an alcoholic beverage um and even the way that his face is animated with the uh, blushes uh, around his cheekbones uh, indicates inebriation. I think Oolong at some point blames it on tuna fish sandwiches. And I'm like, all right, English, <laughs> come on. Um, the best thing about this though, that I thought was great, uh, in the English is they change Krillin's song entirely. Entirely. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Krillin gets up and he starts doing some karaoke and nobody likes it. Like at least it's, it's really rough. Vegeta's behind a tree, like got his hands over his ears. Just like, you will not get away with this. <laughs> Yeah, he's singing about how he wants to be somebody's puppy and that someday he'll fetch the paper for them. Um, And it's funny because his microphone's not even connected to anything, but it's being amplified somehow. (laughs) Like it has a cord, but it's only about a foot long. And I saw no speakers unless he was standing like the speakers were a part of the stage. Um, He's definitely being amplified. Everybody hates it except for Dr. Brief's wife. Uh, and Roshi, but one of them is drunk, and the other one is arguably a robot, so. Oh, yeah, that's right. There is a pretty good argument for that, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah, because I think she says, like, oh, how amazing, and Dr. Briefs is like, well, that's one word for it. (laughs) Yeah, but (laughs) Krillin's uh, Krillin's song is interrupted by a spaceship that just lands in the park in front of them. Uh, Krillin 
doesn't pay it much mind. He, he just immediately care. starts resuming his song again, which is great. Uh, and a bunch of soldiers disembark and approach Vegeta, and they even call him Sire. And another one walks up, um, and he's got the telltale Saiyan tail. Uh, and he says, at long last, we found you Prince Vegeta. And Vegeta correctly identifies him as a Saiyan, just like him. Yes, and this man is Paragus. And uh, we transfer back over to the school. Goku and Chi-Chi are being interviewed, and it's really great because Chi-Chi's like really working the school board. Like Chi-Chi's just lying to them left and right. And Goku actually hears King Kai. And King Kai's like, hey, Goku, something really bad is happening. I need you immediately. Do not hesitate. Get here right now. And of course, Goku's like, I can't. I'm down here. I'm trying to help my wife out. And all it takes is, is King Kai saying, hey, look, the galaxy could be destroyed. Of course, Goku's just like, well, that's terrible. And uh, they are in the middle of asking Goku what his hobbies are. He just stands up and is like, look, this is really urgent, Chi-Chi. I'm really sorry teleports out and of course the whole school board freaks out they don't know what's going on and they just ask if he's a magician which yep. to chi chi responds by screaming that his favorite uh, hobbies are sports and reading yeah she's she's in definitely set on getting gohan in and goku did did not do them any favors just then yeah. but back at king kai's uh, goku just teleports onto this table he scares everybody and then jumps out of his suit like we mentioned earlier and before they get down to business he wants to eat he's got to have a, his feast yeah, that's. I think that's the real reason why he went up to visit King Kai. It wasn't that the universe was in danger. It's that King Kai promised to cook him a hamburger. Exactly. Uh, but he does end up with, you know, the comically large table of food that he comically eats vociferously with his chew attack. Um, uh, if you stick with the language that Gohan and uh, Trunks used in the last movie. Um, but back to Paragus. Paragus um, is a Saiyan, so he's got his tail kind of around his waist. He's wearing uh, something that is similar enough looking to Saiyan armor. He's a darker colored, kind of like uh, Turles was like a tanner um, looking Saiyan than we're, tip than we're used to. Is some shorter hair. Um, one of his eyes is completely scarred over. Um, but he's, he's got a very commanding presence and he is talking to Vegeta and he says, I want you to be the king of our new planet, new Vegeta. Um, because they're, the Saiyans are famous for creativity when it comes to naming things. Uh, Clearly. Yeah. So, uh, he says, we can show the, we can show the entire universe, the strength of the Saiyans. And with you as our leader, we'll build this unstoppable empire, but we'll have to stop this legendary super Saiyan first. And you're the only one who can do this. Um, and initially Vegeta just kind of harumps. Um, but Paragus seems to know exactly how to play him with that legendary Super Saiyan line. Uh, and so he says, we've located him. And at the current pace that he's working uh, at, um, new Vegeta is going to be destroyed as well. And that's, I mean, Vegeta's on it hook, line, and singer. He's like, Paragus, lead the way. Yeah, and Trunks like flies over to his dad and is just like, you, you, can't, you don't believe this, do you? Like, surely, come on, we got to... We do a little bit of an investigation first. How like what what's going on here? And Paragus is just like, well, you know, you're a prince too, Trunks, so you're welcome to come along. Uh, and at first, like the first time I took notes for this, I had in my notes, how did Paragus know who Trunks is? But he literally was just like, Father. Like right. this this movie is literally just Trunks every fifteen minutes showing up and being like, Dad, why? Well, I, <laughs> I would think too. I think Paragus has done. He's done his uh, research. Yeah, he's done his research. And that's what Trunks starts trying to get Vegeta to do, too, but throughout this entire movie. There's no research to be done on Trunks. He's from the future. Like, I mean, unless he's spying, which he very well could be. Yeah. But otherwise, that's, that's it's not like there anyway. are Earth records he could go and hack into or something, which for some reason I assumed he was doing. That doesn't make yeah. sense either, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, they knew where to find Vegeta. So that's I mean, true. Power yeah. levels, maybe. Maybe they still have scouters in their uh, ships well, or something. 
Yeah, do they? Did I see a scouter? There are no scouters in this movie, as far as I'm aware. Yeah. I didn't think so. Um, So, of course, Trunks ends up going, um, but so does Roshi, Oolong, Gohan, and Krillin. They stumble their way onto the ship trying to keep Roshi from getting on it, but he's got that uh, drunken master strength. So uh, he's got drunk strength and old man strength. That's like... That's several multipliers, I'm pretty sure. He even, like, uh, buffs up in this movie. It's a great... I forgot about he does. that. Yeah, yeah. It is pretty great. Um, back to King Kai and Goku, though. Uh, King Kai is trying to tell Goku that the Super Saiyan is heading to the North Galaxy, which is the one that they're in. Um, and King Kai is afraid that he's even stronger than Goku, which is the last thing you're supposed to say to somebody like Goku. So Goku is immediately gets excited. Um, in To his credit, Goku starts stretching, which, like, good for you, man. Like preventative maintenance it'll keep you from experiencing injuries um but uh yeah i love that in the english king kai says uh this is in the bad thing category goku like he treats goku like an (laughs) elementary child totally um, which is awesome i also added my notes here like so if the south galaxy is destroyed then what about south kai i wondered the same thing (laughs) i mean well come on they gotta do something with him uh so yeah but apparently king kai doesn't actually know where the saiyan currently is so he tells goku like hey just uh you know search for his energy and use your instant transmission which i feel like is a terrible idea i mean just the fact that he could first of all pop into the middle of space he has no idea what the capabilities of this other saiyan are and he can't breathe in space but secondly if you know that there's someone incredibly strong like way stronger than you and you just show up I, I don't know. I feel like you would want to go a little bit more prepped than that, but I guess that is kind of Goku's motif. So maybe he's down. Uh, now, of course, they do like a, a gag that they they pull quite a bit here where he asks which way is south again and like the monkey bubbles falls on his face. And yeah, I, but he's not in Goku's defense. He's not on Earth. It's not like he's got right. the magnetic poles that we're accustomed to. So it's, I, I thought agree. it was a fair question. I thought so as well. And I, but I do love when they make the monkey fall over like that. Like anytime there's a in any anime, almost when there's a dumb question, quote unquote, dumb question asked, uh, and everyone falls over. I don't know why. I just like that. I think that's funny. Yeah, we've talked about that. It shows up in a lot of the Dragon Ball movies. I can't remember what I call it. Like the um the the like single frame fall down or something yeah, like that yeah yeah but he does he 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 finds what he uh identifies somehow as say an energy and he uses instant transmission to start moving there and we do get the cool liminal space uh animation too where he's like doing the bionic man run um and he's all like multicolored yeah yeah um, he gets to this planet but he says that he just missed him and this planet has been devastated it's just like rubbled buildings all around um but apparently this saiyan's energy is so strong it left a trail behind which is a i felt like that was a new concept um but again it might it might have just been one of the ways where the screenwriters are saying let's try to over communicate how strong this this new legendary super saiyan thing is yeah that's kind of the sense that i got as well uh, well, we transfer back over to this new Vegeta, where we find Vegeta and Paragus walking down this, like, open corridor through this city, and Paragus is just giving Vegeta this feel. Like, he's just like, I want to honor you, I want to honor your father, like, let's bring back the Saiyan race, it's gonna be great, like, my whole lifelong wish has been fulfilled now that you're back. Uh, and in a car behind them, Roshi is bent over the back, throwing up. And in the English version, they actually left it in. He says that he's super hungover, so they didn't cover that part up. Yeah, but still, Oolong blames it on tuna, like fish, tuna sandwiches. fish sandwiches. Yeah, but they it makes made me some wonder, weird decisions. This planet must be really close to Earth. If Roshi is still hungover by the time they get there, that's that means it's only a couple hours flight outside of Earth. Yeah, yeah, or they've got really fast ships, you know, um, because it's, is it, 
it can't be in the South Galaxy. It has to be North Galaxy for sure. Right. Um, right. Because presumably the South one's already been blown up and stuff. But it's got to be outside of like our solar system or. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I don't think so. I the the technology in Dragon Ball Z is incredible. Like I we're are, I say we're arguing. We're discussing how long it takes for them to fly and Goku just instant teleported there. So, whatever. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, the the technology is as fast as the narrative requires it. Exactly, to be. yeah. Like you were saying with Piccolo's ship anyway. Um but yeah, uh he they pull up to uh some buildings on this more or less destroyed planet and we're introduced to the titular Broly. Um in the state that he's found in here, he's kind of got he wears a lot of jewelry. I mean, the man is is blinged out, as the kids would say. Um he's got a kind of a golden band or, or around his forehead, one that dangles on a like a piece of rope uh on his chest. He's got uh circlets on his neck and a couple on his biceps, and he's got these giant gold metal bracers and another big golden belt thing that's holding up his you know kilty pants thing um so uh it, but it's a it's a pretty cool design but he is he's very thin he's not very assuming uh as far as visuals are concerned he seems actually very meek um later on paragus will go on to say that um in this form he has even less power than paragus does and because vegeta can sense power levels uh i think that he would have known that just by being in the proximity of Broly as well. He doesn't seem impressed, although he d- is quick to invite Broly to join him on this yeah. hunt for the legendary Super Saiyan, which I thought was strange. I thought that was weird too, because Paragus is talking about how he's got a small army gathered for Vegeta, which are all these like lizard-like looking folks, and they all are basically copy-pasted versions of one. Right. Uh, and he, you know, he's introduced Broly, and then all of a sudden, this rando pops up and is like, the legendary Super Saiyan has appeared. And so Vegeta's immediately like, Broly, you're with me, which makes right. no sense. I mean, like, if he can, which we know he can since power levels, then he would be able to tell that Broly's not that powerful, at least in this form, or not yet. And Trunks is right there, and definitely way more powerful, at least in the moment, and he literally should have just finished training with him in the hyperbolic time chamber, knowing how powerful Trunks is. So unless he's just sick of Trunks, which may make sense, because it's Vegeta, I feel like it makes no sense that he would have taken Broly with him, but Trunks does try to warn Vegeta and he's like, Hey, like, let's do some recon. It's really dangerous to just go in like this. And you know, Vegeta doesn't listen. He just hops in the ship with Broly and then they take off. I love that. What Vegeta says here, he says, the only thing that's dangerous is standing against me. And then he just takes (laughs) off. Um, There are some, there are some good lines. Even Broly gets a couple of good lines in this movie. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But Trunks, Krillin and Gohan, um, because they got left behind, they go uh, exploring, uh, channeling their inner Dora. uh, And they find some ruins where they thought the skyline suggested cities. um, But they, uh, upon closer inspection, are just a bunch of dilapidated and busted buildings. Uh, And then they discover what they think is an energy plant and a bunch of little alien slaves um, that uh, have been conscripted to perform some kind of labor. Um, One ends up tripping and a younger one tries to excuse him to one of the little lizard-beaked alien Saiyan crony things. Um, And they explain that, like, they were brought to this planet when the Super Saiyan destroyed everything on their planet. Yeah, they're named Um, the Shmoans. Yeah, uh, yeah, the uh, Shamo, S-H-A-M-O. Shmoans, that's how I said it. Yeah. Uh, so those, they, they're like, those Saiyans are heartless and they hardly even feed us. And the little one goes to get whipped, but Gohan Gohans, um, and he, uh, knocks him over. He intervenes. He does, he's done this in, uh, at, at least one other movie, um, intervened on behalf of somebody like this. And, uh, the little, the little Shamoan characters like 
clothes are whipped to shreds by this thing, but later they're fine. Uh, it's like they <laughs> hit the clothes heal up. They're good. They're part of so, Piccolo's uh, Namekian race, you know, maybe like, yeah. like a subversion that, that can just, that's their only power. They can heal their clothes. Right. Well, um, when Gohan intervenes, the, the little soldier boy uh, blows a whistle and a bunch other run over there and are intimidating until Krillin does some shadow boxing, which scares everybody, apparently. Apparently. Yeah, that was I thought that was kind of strange. <laughs> you know, now that I'm thinking about it, as we're recording this, I, I actually feel like maybe there is more support for the idea that this movie is in the same universe as Tree of Might, because if you remember... In Tree of Might, I hypothesized that the Saiyans actually cloned each other. So that's why Goku and Turles looked the same, right? Well, what okay. if Paragus had that cloning technology, or at least was aware of it, and that's why there are like, you know, thousands of these little lizard creatures that are serving him. They're just oh, clones. It totally interesting. It lines up. It makes sense. <laughs> I mean, but there's, I mean, you're also like discounting that there are alien races well yeah um, there are but <laughs> like did they clone one of the slaves to make all of the other slaves because that kind of fits with no, your argument right now no too. no no. because all of those slaves look totally different like they all look like in, like and they they had different ages but as far as i can remember all of the lizard like warriors that that paragus has sure. are identical yeah that's that's fair. I don't know. Just throwing it I out there. I don't think that it's right, but I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, I'm just... he well, he did again, and this isn't an, necessarily an argument against your cloning theory, but he does go. He does say at some point earlier in this movie that he gathered warriors from across the galaxy, which does make it sound like he recruited. But he could just be saying that, and he's really just cranking these lizard beak <laughs> warrior things out somewhere in. Uh, on new Vegeta or in the ship or something. It could be. Who knows? Who knows? Well, Krillin is continuing to show off and Goku teleports him in and gets hit right in the face. Krillin just kicks him right upside the face. It's great. And uh, it's really funny too because Goku's like, why are you guys here? I'm following energy. And Krillin's like, well, we had some uh, frequent flyer miles or something along the lines of that. Like, good, Vegeta left and he just left us here. Yeah, I thought that this scene too where... um Krillin is able to punch Goku and like do a significant amount of damage to him might have given a, a little bit of credence or at least set a precedent for Goku later. Oh, spoilers um, for a future movie in Resurrection F. Goku is just one shotted by a little ring beam, you know, um, and that seems like a silly premise. But it could be that, you know, if they're not aware or have their defenses up that they just take damage like everybody else. That's kind of what this seems to suggest a little bit i'm fine that with that yeah no i'm like i mean if i feel like if someone is going to come at you and attack you you're going to be kind of on the defense but if you just get you know blindsided there's no defense against that even for goku yeah like even in like uh the cooler movie when goku uh oh shoot what was the was it salsa like ran up to goku when goku was staring daggers at uh at cooler and tries to kick goku but goku doesn't even doesn't even register you know um yeah, doesn't he's make a move up. yeah that's what i'm saying yeah. i'm thinking that like in that state there's some kind of defense and goku wasn't in that whatever that state is powered up aware situationally aware whatever the case is and so uh, a punch even from krillin um was able to do some pretty significant damage note the strongest human ever oh yeah <laughs> I mean, absolutely to be fair <laughs> yeah yeah no like i am i am the last person that's going to short sell krillin yeah no i know um, i know but krillin wasn't putting his all into these punching he was punching the air right you know? right that's true well um, paragus but, shows up on scene here yep and it's just like hey kakarot welcome to the party <laughs> i love how much he just seems to know about all the saiyans he this offers... is so strange because he says Paragus arrives. He calls 
Goku, Goku, and then also Kakarot. Uh, and then Goku's like, I, I don't remember what Goku's response is. Oh, he says, you must be, you must be a Saiyan or something like that. And uh, Paragus says, and you must be Bardock's son. And I was like, well, yeah, you know that already. Like, why? why? He, you're stating the obvious, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, he makes it sound like he deduced it. Uh, and he didn't at all. He knew that already. Well, not only that, but I feel like Goku's reaction to it is just kind of like, oh, yeah, I am. But I, I don't think Bardock has been introduced technically to Goku yet at this point in time in the anime or the TV show. Oh, I hadn't even thought about like, that. Like, Raditz didn't say, like, yeah, our good old dad, Bardock, you know? I mean, that was way later. I mean, we knew that Raditz was his brother. Obviously, he had a dad, but I don't think he's aware of who Bardock is literally uh, until, like, right now in Super, in the manga. Yeah, true, true. Um, well, Paragus ends up bribing Goku with dinner because that always works with him. Um, Trunks, Krillin, and Gohan uh, take some of that dinner, I think. I think they just, they were there. Yeah, challenge. You know, yeah, they they get some they get some to go boxes and take it to the enslaved aliens. Um, and Trunks is trying to think through this legendary Super Saiyan thing. He thinks Paragus destroyed their planet, but they say it wasn't him, but a bigger one. Uh, and then this is where Trunks is like, "Well, it couldn't have been Broly. That guy's like a toothpick." I think is what he says in English. <laughs> um, and then we cut back to Paragus, and who's seeming to enjoy the imminent destruction um, of the planet that they're currently on by this. Uh, this comet called the Gamori Comet. Yes, it's on its um, way in like a couple days or something. Yeah, and he's cackling maniacally, like which seems strange. You know, he's like, "Yes, the planet that I'm currently occupying is going to be destroyed by this giant comet. Yay, ha ha ha! Like everything's going to plan." Um, so that's that's a little sus. Um, one of his poor it, minions it'll make too. Some sense later. Yeah, one of his poor minions is just like, "Boss, I'm afraid." And Paragus is like, well, don't worry about it, and then kills him. <laughs> yeah, like, he's like, happening? you won't experience the terror, and then just kills him. <laughs> I also have to note, too, that Trunks' comment is a little ridiculous, since he can literally beef up as a Super Saiyan. Yeah, like, yeah. He knows he can grow as a Super Saiyan, so I don't know. I thought that was kind of funny. By the way, this is best Trunks. This is the best this is like, best Trunks aesthetic yeah. for Trunks. Long hair Trunks is best Trunks. I totally agree. Yeah. Super good. Um, well, Vegeta, we catch back up with him. He's frustrated that they haven't found this Saiyan yet. And he bumps into Goku, who he didn't realize was on the planet, of course. But he's not really surprised. He just says, you didn't get an invitation and moves along. Um, and then Broly sees Goku for the first time. And Goku immediately senses that something is off with Broly. And as yeah. he looks over at Broly, Broly is clenching his fists and he's grimacing. Um, and he, he his aura starts to kind of uh, become visible. Uh, and then his headband glows as Paragus says, behave. Um, so Paragus has this device um, that he wears on his wrist that is somehow connected to uh, uh, the the like the piece of metal around Broly's forehead. Uh, and it, he uses it to suppress Broly uh, to keep him from going into his in, uh, his enraged state. In fact, he had it designed for exactly that. And he's worried that it's not working. He takes it to a scientist who is just like a like a blue uh, or a, a purple octopus with a long white mustache. It was a very odd visual like, choice. I don't think they even gave him a name. They I, they didn't. Um, but Paragus thinks it's defective, but the scientist is like, nope, everything's working properly. Um, so you maybe you just need to rein in your son like a dad should. <laughs> um, but Paragus is unconvinced and is just like, fix it. Um, but yeah, so this gets into something that, uh, on watching it now, versus when I was a kid, um, this movie has some like strange body horror to it. Like Broly is trapped in a body that he can't control, not only because he has this 
power that seems to be unwieldy at best, but also because of his dad's damn device. Like he has, he's living a life that has been stripped of a lot of autonomy and that's freaking scary. Yeah. Like uh, I has never no thought about that before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd never really realized that as, uh, until like later on when he, when he, you know, when he starts uh, not being able to suppress this energy, I was like, he can't control that. And as soon as I had that word control in my mind, I was like, holy crap, like that is frightening. It is a body horror kind of um, like, t- like twin uh, tinge to this particular movie that I never would have picked up on as a kid. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. And uh, we, we kind of see like Paragus going into a lot of what you're talking about. Like he's just thinking about Broly in general and trying to figure out like what's wrong with him. And he's saying that he needs these outbursts to stop or his plan's not gonna be able to go through. And we get a bunch of flashbacks of like young Broly who actually looks a lot like teen trunks in my mind like younger trunks just absolutely destroying planets and like defying paragus he even attacks paragus knocking his eye out or giving him that scar that he's got and uh, paragus says that there's just something darker about broly like something more violent more threatening everything about him is just scarier and that's why he had that device made to control broly's power because he realized that with that power they would be unstoppable and that by controlling that power he could also control the universe and in this whole scene too is kind of strange because Broly's literally like locked up in a closet, just super worked up, like screaming and stuff. And it's uh it's pretty crazy. And and Paragus is kind of starting to realize that he can't seem to control Broly in front of Kakarot or Goku. Uh, and then he kind of randomly realizes that they were born on the same day. And you know, we get intro to like that flashback scene of them both being a kids and you know that that moment they're born and Goku's crying and Broly's upset about it and the two doctors are talking about how Broly has a power level of 10,000 whereas Goku only has a power level of 2 and uh, it's funny cuz Paragus is like nah nah surely it's not the crying kid <laughs> it's kind of weird yeah i and i would say like i think that i have been reductionist in my head about Broly just having baby ptsd of some kind um, and I think that that's not inaccurate, but I think I oversimplified it to, man, it is petty if somehow he remembers as an infant being upset because the baby whose name apparently he could recall, you know, as later on in life, like how, who, who the hell remembers that much of their early, ch- that, that stage of infancy, right? Right. Um, and I get that argument works against what I'm about to say too, but it wasn't just that, uh, Kakarot was crying next to him. Because we, as Broly's backstory unfolds a little bit later on, he is about to undergo the worst freaking day ever. Yeah. Like, yeah, like um, it's not just worst. that he couldn't sleep because Kakarot was crying, but he was also stabbed in an attempt to kill him. His dad was practically murdered, and then his entire planet and race was destroyed. Um, and, like, that makes for a pretty crappy day. Yeah, it does. <laughs> and so... I think that there's a little bit more nuance to what I call his baby PTSD. It still seems a little silly that he has it at all, the way that it's characterized. But the way that they present it is much more, I think, than just he's he's mad at Goku because Goku cried when he was a baby. I think that that whole day just sucked, and Goku is a a, a vivid like sense memory for that day. Sure, totally that brings it all back up. And I like that a lot more than just the whole idea of it being Goku crying. But I, I there's just some the way Paragus puts it in this movie just had me cracking up because it's just so funny and ironic and like a no, I couldn't be that. There's no way. Yeah, yeah, he downplays it. I mean, he uh, it, it's. 
if you oversimplify it, you t- you see it kind of exactly like Paragus explains it. But I think that they show more for sure than that, and so that backstory c- gives a little bit more weight and in, in um, credit to what what Bo- Broly is experiencing and why is what I would what I would say as I overanalyze it I, way too much. I'm sure I like too that in this movie Goku and Broly are really like character foils of each other. I mean, and almost not just antithesis, but like. Goku was the first legendary Super Saiyan, and now there's a new legendary Super Saiyan who's bigger and better and stronger and more powerful, but he's the opposite of Goku. He's this angry, uncontrolled version compared to Goku who had to control it and who like brought in his anger and used it to become more powerful. It's a really interesting like parallels there. I wouldn't call Goku the legendary Super Saiyan. I think that that term applies very specifically to like this freak mutant yes. saying that comes around once every now and then now we you know we want to call G- goku that legendary super saiyan earlier because that was the entire phrase that was used right even by vegeta back then um as to what this super saiyan thing even was the super saiyan of legend um but i think that this legendary super saiyan thing is a category all of its own and broly is it exclusively um until i guess kale rolls around um because she has a similar transformation yeah, and even then that makes sense because it's another universe. So it's just that universe's version right. of Broly. Yeah, you yeah. Know? So exactly. it, it totally fits this this uh, folklore of this legendary Super Saiyan. But uh, yeah, so anyways, you know, Broly, like I said, he's in his closet. He's a very angry, very upset. We transition to see Goku and the crew. They're all sleeping. Uh, Oolong is like, you know, he got some weird stuff happening with Roshi. Roshi's still apparently drunk and like sucking on Oolong's toes. It's really hey, funny. We don't kink shame on this podcast. You know better. Never. No shaming. Uh, but Broly just comes through the side of the, the door and absolutely wrecks Goku. Like just starts trying to fight him and he's pissed off. And Paragus realizes that something's going on. So he wakes up and he goes after them. And Goku and Broly are kind of fighting. Like it's more like Goku just being like, what in the world is going on? Like what's happening here? What are you doing, Broly? And uh goku does land a kick and when he does broly just like he does some weird stuff because like he starts bleeding from the mouth and he licks it up and goku's like oh gross nasty yeah goku is entirely on the defensive until that kick is thrown um dodging and then eventually uh broly is throwing key that goku smacks away and one does manage to kind of land behind beside on broly knocks him into a lake um where we get some cool visuals of him like sort of t-posing as he comes up out of the water um that was a pretty cool visual but um yeah broly throws a bunch of key blasts at goku goku lands this punch and it was just the equivalent of kicking a hornet's nest man broly just starts hollering until paragus finally arrives and uses the device to try to calm him down um but enough of broly's key has kind of leaked out or um, has started to rise that Goku recognizes it as the legendary Super Saiyan's key. Um, the device does finally rein Broly in, and Goku just like lets him leave without further inquiry or accusation. Yeah, but he does like, kind of realize because he makes this face like, "Well, that was weird." Yeah, it's yeah, it was just weird how he was just like, "All right, I guess I'll see you guys later." Um, but I would note, I think I, I did have this note in here that he does Goku does just fine against. Uh, against Broly in his base form. Uh, even though he dealt no discernible damage, like with that punch, he was he was hanging, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and base form might not even be right because Broly has like the base form where he's like meek and mild and then this kind of Super Saiyan-y type thing. It might even be a straight up Super Saiyan, but the, his hair color does weird stuff. 
I, in this movie. The way that I read about it online was really interesting, and I like the way it was written. They were talking about how most Saiyans will go through Super Saiyan forms from one to two to three, you know, potentially further. So Broly, the legendary Super Saiyan, and also Kale go through stages up to the final form of Super Saiyan, which is that legendary status, that final one we see at the very end. So he has like a Saiyan form where he's that meek, mild version. He gets angry. He starts to become closer to Super Saiyan, but he's just powered up, almost kind of like a Kaioken. Then he has the official Super Saiyan form. Hmm. Then it would be like that next stage where he gets super huge and muscly. And then when he gets the golden hair is that final like legendary status. Gotcha. Um, well, Vegeta is heading to Earth. He's frustrated they haven't found this Saiyan yet. Um, Paragus is trying to get him to stay, obviously, until the comet arrives the next day. Um, and he's like, we found him. We'll be able to locate him tomorrow. Super convenient. Um, but Broly is with him, uh, and he hears Kakarot shouting about breakfast in the ship that Vegeta is heading towards. Uh, and Goku is like a child in there. He hears his echo, so he's like clapping his hands and his stomach is grumbling, and he thinks that it's the funniest thing ever. It's it, go, The way that Sean Schimmel does Goku voicing joy is so good. Yeah, I agree. Um, I really like this I, scene. I love joyful Goku's voice. It's really well done. Um, but Goku is just like, hey, you don't have to go anywhere because uh, Broly is the legendary Super Saiyan. And of course, Paragus is, is him and Han, like, oh, he has less power than I do. He's pitiful. Um, but Goku, or Goku, not Goku, Trunks comes up and validates it because he's like, this planet is just an illusion. He didn't build this for you. He's using these disadvantaged people. Um, and like all of a sudden, all of the disadvantaged people, um, and I, I guess they use that term instead of slave very intentionally, um, but they're just there. Like uh, Gohan and Krillin each flew one in. Trunks came in with none, but then there's 30 on the scene yeah. all at one place. I was like, huh? What? Yeah. Um, and I thought this was ridiculous too, because Trunks is like, just listen to these people. He'll tell you everything. And I'm like, does no one remember what Vegeta did to the Namekians? Like, right. He didn't listen to them at all. <laughs> well, and one of the disadvantaged people um, points up at Broly and they're like, that was the one. Like, he's the one that destroyed our planet. And so the gig is up at this point. Um, and. Paragus is just like throwing all caution to the wind. He's like, it's about time your spoiled minuscule brain figured it out talking to <laughs> Vegeta. Um, and he's just like, yeah, it's been miserable putting on this charade when what I care really about is Earth. New Vegeta is just a ruse. It's an imaginary town for an imaginary prince. He said, I chose this planet because in a few short hours, Comet Kamore is going to collide. And then when you are gone, our conquest of Earth or any other planet will just go completely uncontested. As if Cell's not on Earth. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, okay, man. <laughs> and then I, I love this note. If we were naming the uh, the episodes for Kyo Cinema like we do with AMP, this is what I would argue um, for the, the title of this one. I have in my notes, Broly gets a case of the Kakarots again. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because he just starts saying Kakarot and getting angrier and angrier. Um, he advances on Goku, but Vegeta actually goes Super Saiyan and starts an assault on Broly that Broly doesn't even acknowledge. I mean, he is not looking at Vegeta. No body of his, no body part of his reacts to Vegeta's punches and kicks. Like he's just walking towards Goku. That visual was really powerful was. in my opinion. Yeah. Like he doesn't even recognize Vegeta's attacks at all. And then Paragus just full tilt, like commands Broly to attack. Vegeta gets pissed. He throws this huge key bass at, at Broly and he's not phased at all. Like it's crazy. And then Broly just starts, screaming and powering up and Paragus at this point has lost 
all control over Broly. And there's this one final big scream from Broly who almost just seems to explode with power. Like, the animation is crazy. His face is literally getting ripped in two with power. And then the camera kind of, like, pans out, pans back in, and he's in Super Saiyan form. And this is where Vegeta kind of takes a weird turn because he just powers down and is like in total awe of Broly. Like just he cannot believe what he's seeing. And uh, Broly decides like Kakarot's going to be the first of his victims. He's going to kill Goku. And for some reason, Gohan steps in and is like, no, you won't. Oh, it seemed so crazy. <laughs> yeah, but not out of the ordinary for no, Gohan. No, it's not. But I mean, come on, man. Your dad's the strongest person in the galaxy. Yeah, I I will say that the Vegeta of this movie is my least favorite depiction uh, of Vegeta in all things Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Z. It's not even Vegeta, in my opinion, man. Like, I, yeah, it doesn't feel anything like Vegeta at all. I I get the whole idea of this being some kind of a like boogeyman effectively to Vegeta. Like, this is ancient folklore, something he didn't even know if he really believed in. He's seeing it with his own two eyes, but I mean, he thought the same thing about Goku just a couple of years ago. So I, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't like this version of Vegeta at all. I, I, Vegeta is my favorite Dragon Ball Z character and has been forever. But this movie frustrated me because of the way that he's depicted. And I, I understand like what you're saying. The, the way they try to explain it is he grew up with this mythology, like it is this crazy boogeyman and that he's helpless and whatever. But I still just didn't like Vegeta's reaction. He's Um, literally on his knees most of the time, like not even standing up. At one point, he's just laying down, staring into the sky like, he's going to kill us all. Uh, So frustrating. It just doesn't Um, feel like Vegeta. Yep. Um, So Broly starts advancing on Goku and and Gohan. Trunks yells that they're in trouble uh, and flies off to help. And he's like, come on, Dad. And Vegeta's just like, he'll kill us. He'll kill us all. And it just sits there in depowered he's not a super saiyan anymore he just sits there stunned i mean just paralyzed with fear um broly ends up chest bump blasting uh gohan and goku it's one of my it's the silliest looking move but it works like he just runs up <laughs> yeah. and he's massive now like he dwarfs every freaking body like his body mass has increased by like four or five fold um think of like an equivalency of like bruce banner to the hulk and you're kind of headed in the right direction um, so he chest bumps, uh, Gohan and then later Goku. Uh, and it's just like, just that, I mean, his arms are back, his chest makes contact and there's a key blast. Um, so it's a pretty cool looking move. Um, he, and he says, you could never know how much Broly, this is Paragus speaking. You can never know how much, uh, Broly and I hated your father, the King Vegeta. When he was born, the doctors told him about Broly's unusual power. And this is where we get the rest of this kind of uh, backstory filled in. Um, Vegeta was wor- King Vegeta was worried that uh, Broly would grow up to be this this great warrior, and so he orders him to be executed. And when Paragus argues, he tries to kill him too, and then has Broly stabbed. And they're just thrown out like garbage on the planet. They're just like in an alley, dying. I guess uh, it felt very Spartan in that way, but yeah. like the opposite of what Spartans would have done. Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> like they're killing their strongest dude. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it, it kind of goes into this idea that King Vegeta was terrified of the lower class Saiyans revolting and, and overpowering him. That was like one of his biggest fears, I think. And so this is exactly it, it's crazy, too, because he he kind of mimics that fear that Frieza had. Like, what if all of these Saiyans come after me? We couldn't stop that. Well, Vegeta, King Vegeta doesn't like the idea of the lower class Saiyans rising above either. So that's why he's putting it into to Broly. And, you know, it's it's just kind of 
crazy and and we see the planet vegeta getting blown up and broly saving him and paragus like in this weird little bubble of protection (laughs) i mean dumb yeah it was a little silly it's dumb i'm so glad that they rewrote that entirely in dragon ball super uh broly because the way that they they MacGuffin the two of them surviving is just it's just flat out dumb i don't like it yeah and and i I really strongly dislike that part of the movie paragus is just like since then i've only lived for revenge i want you to experience the pain and fear that i did like okay yeah broly is uh having fun trying to kill kill goku he is just i mean having the time of his life especially if you go by like laughters and smiles oh and another cool thing about broly's aesthetic too is he has all white eyes all the time yeah i love that yeah um, totally white that out. look is just super cool in fact i was talking with the guys from turtle recall podcast um because at times different times in tmnt stuff their eyes go white and i like that visual too um, so like they're never all white in the original cartoon, but in the 2003 show, um, their eyes are always white. Um, and then in the 2012 one that was like CG'd, their eyes would turn all white when, uh, they were fighting. Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah. And so Broly has that like all white Goku's eyes when he first transforms into a super saiyan go all white for a brief second. Um, and I think we see Trunks's eyes do something similar in Dragon Ball Super as well. Um, but very cool. And apparently his jewelry or all his bedazzly bits and uh, gold bands and whatnot um, expand with his body just fine because they've all they've all sized up um, like he doesn't blow out of his shoes and stuff. They're made out of that same uh, uh, material that the Saiyan armor is made out of. I, yeah, must be, <laughs> I guess. Um, but uh, Broly starts blowing up some of the uh, the slaves um, and he's just like, listen, if you don't wish to fight back, I understand, but I'm going to destroy this planet. Um, and Goku says, no, you won't. And, uh, the animation for him going super saiyan here is the one that I use all the time in the discord. When somebody levels up, um, I use that animation. Oh yeah. Um, that's perfect. Yeah. 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 It's that yeah, that's exact a good animation. one. Yeah. So then he pops his super saiyan, then Gohan lands kind of in the background and he goes super saiyan and then Trunks does so in the foreground and he goes super saiyan and he blows his jacket right to pieces. And it's <laughs> such a cool visual. It is. So freaking cool. Um, and, uh, Paragus is like, Vegeta, you need to watch this because massacres like this are rarely seen even by Saiyans. Yeah. And then Broly wrecks face. Like he doesn't, I mean, I think he, he pretty much clothesline trunks into like a building. Yep. And then this crazy thing is happening where he's trying to fight those three Saiyans. And as he's doing it, he's chasing them either underground or like through these weird it's ravines. Like a trench. Yeah. And he's just destroying the planet around him. Like as he's flying, he has such massive energy that the planet around him is just going into pieces and i mean it's crazy because he's even questioning them like do you really think the three of you have the power that it takes combined to beat me i I don't think so and and then roshi stumbles on scene and goku's like roshi's here as if he's gonna be the saving grace which felt weird uh and all of this like a whole bunch of the slaves anyways the ones that are left alive are still behind him because right before this broly like sent a key blast into a hole and there's a really awful scene of a bunch of them dying uh so they're all reduced to sketch yeah they're all piling up behind uh roshi who just you know so happens to have fallen right in front of broly Oolong is freaking out. He's losing it. He runs away, but then he gets stuck on Krillin's head. And Broly is just standing there letting this play out for some reason. I, I not. There are several times in the movie that I don't like the fact that Broly's just kind of standing there watching. Because it's not yep, like I he's getting comedic value out of this. He doesn't care about something like that. But regardless, we do get a great comedic scene here where Roshi actually powers up. He gets all 
you know, super buff. He he keeps calling Broly broccoli and he makes all these really funny faces with his mask where he'll like put his mask down, move it up, and he's someone different. Uh so I thought that was pretty fun. Krillin, of course, is just like, come on, Roshi, you're still drunk. Yeah, and Broly, um, all of the enslaved people that kind of fell down the cliffside uh, with Roshi and Krillin and Oolong, um, Broly looks at them and he says, I noticed you like to look up at the sky. It's your pretty little planet. Like you'd wish to go back there someday, but that's just a dream. And then he just blows it the hell up. He does it in a cool way, um, too, because he shoots a blast at them and then turns it around towards their planet. Yeah. Oh, man. And this is where Gohan's like, he's pure evil, <laughs> um, which like, yeah, yeah, he is. You hadn't he's, figured that he's out real yet. bad. Okay. Yeah, um, Broly goes back on the offensive after Goku orders everybody else away, um, and he clotheslines Trunks uh, into a mountain, um, and then he turns and asks Goku how much he loves his son, which is ominous. Yeah. God, what a line. Right. Um, and then Goku's like, Gohan, you need to get out of here. Um, and then Goku and Broly end up locked uh, like uh, in a wrestler's kind of um, arm to arm. Like a sumo like stance. Chest to chest. Yeah, yeah like they're, they've locked arms. Um, Goku gets a knee in before Broly just kicks him up and through a mountain and then goes after Gohan and he catches him easily, um, smashes his face into a building and is dragging him through it. It's very violent. And then he blasts, um, Gohan with a key blast, um, into a building where he's kind of indented. Um, he's Broly smashes through another building and clothesline Goku and Trunks as they're trying to fly to Gohan, um, knocking Goku down and trailing trunks into even more destruction yeah. and devastation it was into like an i-beam <laughs> yeah or like i thought it was like maybe a train rail something. or something like that yeah and the whole yeah. time gohan's just hanging from a building passed out like just by the scruff of his neck yeah god every advance that they make towards gohan is met by broly and go goku even runs through several key blasts from broly straight at him like with his guard up his arms like crossed in front of him but the second that he lowers his guard, another one catches him in the gut and sends him flying where he's indisposed on the top of the building in the background. Yeah, this is it's nuts. And, you know, I got to say a lot of these fight scenes, too, are I don't want to call them strange, but the way that they're animated is, in my mind, a little strange because you'll have this massive attack from Broly and then they'll just like slam cut, like hard cut to another massive attack. Like there's not a whole lot of. uh Continuity. yeah it's like there's not a lot of sequences here but there's like a whole lot of choppy sequences that are just kind of slammed together like you don't actually see things flow from point a to point z it's just like random little chunks of fights almost uh but after he's disposed of basically the entire cr crew Broly's just like standing there uh and he he says that he feels like he's getting stronger and he powers up some more and he's starting to send key blasts everywhere like destroying all parts of the city he even destroys the spaceship that Krillin was hoping to use to get back to to finish his karaoke song now what are they going to yeah. do and this is that one line in the Japanese and the English that made people think that Broly has like infinite reserves of key yeah i i think that I, I think I side with this side of the internet that doesn't suggest that his strength is infinite. Um, but if you think of Broly like a cup, his key was so full that it was like overflowing. That doesn't necessarily mean that there's, uh, you know, an infinite amount. It's just like if I, I can make a cup overflow with a finite amount of water from a larger vessel. See, the know? way that um, I read about it online was really well put. People were saying that it's, you know, most Saiyans get like that Zenkai boost when they come close to death and then recover in a fight. They have like that small power boost that's often enough to get them through the fight. 
in Broly's case, with the mutation of the legendary Super Saiyan, it's he doesn't have to get close to death. He just has to fight. So he's constantly powering up through that fight. It's not even that his his necessary strength continues to increase, but it's like you said, his power level and his amount of key just continues to increase. It's like the Hulk. Like the more he gets angry, the more powerful he's gonna get. And that's just because of that mutation. Yeah, and this scene suggests that he has to release it or it's dangerous to him. And they like, make that, possibly even fatal. They make that kind of real distinction with Universe 7, I think, with, with Kale. I think they talk about like, hey, you cannot keep up that form that long because it's very detrimental to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that's what's depicted here. Um, everybody is knocked out of Super Saiyan and Broly turns his attention back to Gohan and sends a blast his way, but it's deflected at the last second by a yellow beam. And at first... I thought that it being Piccolo was a joke. Like, because in my head, I was like, oh, it's Piccolo. But then I was like, but wait a minute, Piccolo didn't, <laughs> you know? Piccolo always saves um, Gohan. If Gohan's about to go down, yeah, it's going it to be does. Piccolo. Um, so, but he does have a pretty good entrance here. I'm not going to lie. It is cool. Um, it's a very spawny. Like, he looked like Spawn. Oh, yeah, he did. Um, the only problem that I had with it was like, when you first see him, his cape is like completely obscuring his face. Like, the wind was blowing it across his face. And I was like, why, why would you allow that? Why wouldn't you be fighting to keep that cape out of your face so that you can keep your eyes on this crazy strong opponent? Because he knows but it's cool. It was cool. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm a big, I mean, the visual was cool, but I was like, from a practical standpoint, it was a real dumb decision. This is another scene too, though, that in my mind makes no sense because Piccolo takes the time to go get Gohan down from the building. He gives yep. Gohan a sensu bean. He takes care of Goku. He even takes care of like uh, Trunks. Like he has apparently like 30 minutes to catch up. Yes, yeah, uh, several, like definitely a couple minutes and Broly's just letting it happen. I do like his excuse uh, though, because Goku, I think is the one that's like, how did you get here? And he's like, well, I overheard you and King Kai talking okay <laughs> yeah yeah i mean he says um what did he say i can hear just about everything in the universe and i was like all and right then they immediately follow that up with well i can also feel broly's power from the lookout and it's unlike anything i've ever felt so i knew that i had to be here he's not just a saying like this guy's a monster but i just don't yeah. like this i mean there's just something about it that i'm like ah, i don't know i don't like piccolo being here at all he doesn't i don't feel like he personally fits yeah i I do think that he was the right character to be there for how he handles Vegeta shortly. Um, yeah, because no one else could give Vegeta a lesson like that. Yeah, so I think he's right in that sense. Gohan wasn't going to do it. Trunks probably wasn't going to do it. Um, Goku definitely wasn't because he was going to stay engaged with Broly. I wish it had been Roshi. I know that sounds weird, but Roshi would have been the perfect person to be like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, Roshi's got no clout with Vegeta, though. I guess he does. Um, I think Piccolo has earned him a little bit of you know, respect and they, 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 uh, you know, they spent some time on an, uh, on a fraction of an iceberg together. Who knows what That's kind of bond true. took place. I forgot about that um, movie canon. Yeah. 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 Um, all the earthlings had gotten on the capsule corp ship that Piccolo, uh, took here. So they're flying, uh, off of the planet. Um, Broly standing there with his arms crossed as Goku, Piccolo, Gohan, and Trunks all are wailing on him. And he's, again, it's, it's not affecting him at all. Um, Piccolo is downed immediately with just a single leg sweep and a SWAT is sent like flying away. Um, and then a charging Broly. I love this visual too. Like he is like an effing freight train in this scene. <laughs> yeah. Um, cause he's just clotheslines Gohan and trunks and then kicks Piccolo, uh, into the air and then blasts him with a key blast. And that sends Piccolo up near Vegeta where Vegeta is still 
wallowing in fear, I guess. And he's like, it's no use. This is the end. And Piccolo does that super power move, which is just grabbing somebody by the head. He grabs Vegeta by the hair um, and holds him up. And he's like, stop whining like a baby and fight like a man. And he's physically dragging Vegeta towards Broly. Yeah, and Vegeta just flat out denies it. He's like, no, we have to get out of here now. Like, they cannot win. And Piccolo drops him and just says, stay out of the way of the true warriors then. And th- this yeah. is that scene where he, what a line. he crumbles into a building and is just laying there in this, like, destroyed building, looking into the sky, just talking about how they're all going to die. <laughs> And I love this, too, because Goku, is he's just been getting thumped by Broly this entire movie. This That is one thing I really liked about this movie is, like, the villain has the upper hand clearly for the entire freaking movie. Yeah. Like, there isn't, like, they go back and forth a little I bit see, um, when Broly goes legendary Super Saiyan. I agree, but that's the thing I didn't like about this movie, because the whole time Goku's getting wrecked, he's not putting up a fight. Like, he's just standing there. Occasionally, especially in these scenes, he's even just laughing, like, haha, I guess I'm no match for this guy like he doesn't try at all in comparison to super android 13 where i felt like was it 13 super android 13 that's right yeah that felt weird when i said it i felt like in that movie goku was gonna die he didn't stand a chance he was fighting back and he was getting his ass kicked and this movie he's just standing around kind of like waiting on broly like i don't feel like at any time he puts up a fight until the very end and so i don't know i I didn't like the fighting in this movie if you can't tell (laughs) but yeah I but it was just I frustrating. There's even a too. moment where he's like, hey, can we get a handicap? Like, he's trying to joke with Broly. It's like, dude, fight this guy. And Oh, but I do love Broly's response. It's so good. He's like, is that another word for coffin? And I was like, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's a pretty good line. I'm not going to lie. Oh, good. yeah, it's good. And so Goku tries, finally, he tries to Kamehameha point blank. It does absolutely nothing. This is the first time in the movie he's actually attacked Broly, in my opinion. Otherwise, he's just been watching his friends get murdered for the lols. That's what it seems like. Uh, (laughs) So Broly literally drops Goku. Like he's absolutely wrecking him again. Like I said, Goku's just laughing and he finally punches Goku's lights out. And Vegeta is finally getting a little upset. He's mad that a lower class Saiyan is fighting the good fight while he Prince Vegeta is not. So he powers up. He goes after Broly. And it's funny because Trunks is like passed out on the ground and he flies past Trunks and he's just like, get him dead. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I'm like, I love Vegeta's like, I'm the ruler of all Saiyans, even you. And then Broly has another good line here. He's like, then please try your best to make me kneel before you. Yes. Uh, And Vegeta strikes him several times, but does more of the same, which is to say nothing. Nobody has done anything. Um, Trunks gets uppercutted for trying to intervene. And then Broly slams Vegeta into a mountain, which is our first circle depression of this movie. Um, It makes the perfect circle depression, which I love. It is pretty cool. Um, It is kind of silly, though, because even his hair leaves a dent. Like when Broly is finished rubbing his face in it, he lets him go and Vegeta slides out and like his hair wasn't printed into the rock. And I was like, all right, guys. Um." Well, Super Saiyan's (laughs) hair is weird, though. Remember, it doesn't grow. Yeah, sure. I don't think that it is like destructive to rock uh, is what I'm suggesting. (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. I love too the parallel here where Trunks and Gohan both tried to save their dads from this guy and failed miserably. Trunks shouldn't have any front teeth by the end of this fight. Oh, yeah. I mean, they they get wrecked this entire movie. Um, Paragus is making his way to his escape ship, though, because he's basically like, well, I can't control Broly anymore. So might as well just have him killed by this comet. Uh, he does apologize, kind of. He's like, I'm sorry, son, but you'll die with this planet. But then Broly shows up. He's like, where do you think you're going? Paragus is like in a Saiyan pod, basically, like built for one person. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I was uh, preparing the rocket, you know, so we can uh, escape. But Broly ain't no dummy because he's like a rocket built for one. So he just picks up the pod, 
crushes it with Paragus in it, like lifts it over his head and just squeezes. And then he hurdles the crush pod into the comet. And it was kind of awesome. Yeah, that was uh, a <laughs> that was awesome. And he even says something like, did he really think I would die because the planet is about to explode? What an idiot. And then Goku uh, starts strolling up to the scene from a distance. It's very westerny. But most notably, he has lost his shirt. We all know what that means. If you listen to Kaio Cinema, you know that when Goku's shirt is off, it has been blown to bits. That's when stuff gets. He's allowed to fight. Like now. this is yeah. This yep. This is where he's going to settle the fight when his shirt comes off. It has been the pattern in all of the movies where Goku loses his shirt. Um, but it feels very westerny. It does. Um, he's the only one left in Super Saiyan at the moment. And Piccolo starts shouting for everybody to channel their energy um, to Goku, and everybody does except for Vegeta for the time being. Um, but neither Broly nor Goku can really wait for all this energy to transfer. So Broly um, ends up spearing Goku and punching him through a mountain. Um, and Goku tries to punch through um, like uh, this orb of protection around Broly, but it's like a film. Like he goes to punch through it and it kind of flexes around him. It's kind of strange. Um, but yeah, they're, this they all start shooting their energy. It looks like proton blasters from um, Ghostbusters, only they move really slow. Uh, but it's not enough. Bro- Broly is just using Goku as a trampoline at one point, like pounds him into the ground and is just jumping on him for funsies. Yeah. And you know, it's kind of strange uh, too, because there's this part of me that's like, okay, all four of you couldn't take Broly on when you were fighting together. Why is it that three of you giving power to one guy makes you think you might stand a chance? Okay. I had the same question initially too. I think that it's because of, uh, I, I think of it kind of as, turning uh, five blunt instruments into a single uh, piercing weapon. So they, they aggregate their power, which there's precedent for that. Sure. Like that's it's not especially surprising. in the movies. That's a thing that they use yeah. in almost every movie, but they give it to one guy. And so that one guy, like Goku has to be focusing all of that aggregate power into that one blow. Yeah. Um, so it takes, uh, it, instead of having spread damage, they're basically focused at all. That's my, that's the only explanation I could think of. Um, because yeah, if you think about it as just, well, if they have the, the power level numbers, you know, on their side enough to do it, then why couldn't they do it as five individuals? I think it's because when Goku collects all that energy, he focuses it into this one punch as like a hail Mary. If this doesn't work, we're all dead regardless anyway. So we might as well just, uh, go all out kind sure. of thing. And I, I get that. And that's fine. I guess for me, it seems like up until Vegeta forks over his power, he's pretty much just getting power from everyone else. So that way he can be prepared to get hit by Broly. And then the whole time he's just <laughs> right. like, Vegeta, do it. I need it. I need it. And Vegeta's over here like, no way. I'm a prince. Why should I give up my power? And then finally he does. Oh, gosh, worst Vegeta. I know. He worst just Vegeta. whines the whole movie. But once, I, I, to really though, like, it feels like Goku is just trying to make a point. Like, all right, I'll kill this guy once Vegeta helps. Everybody make Vegeta help. <laughs> and right. then finally Vegeta helps. He's like, okay, now I'll fight. Yeah, the, God, the frustrating thing about Vegeta's depiction in here is there are, there are traces of what I believe to be true to Vegeta's character in what he does and how he reacts but i think they're way exaggerated yeah that's why it's Um, frustrating it's like yeah we know that part of vegeta kind of exists but he's always fought through it that's why he's vegeta yeah um so yeah vegeta finally caves um and gives goku his power as well um and uh, this is kind of silly because uh Broly's like, you lasted longer than I expected. And I just have on my notes. That's what she said. Um, <laughs> and then uh, Goku's like, 
screaming at Vegeta, it's you're our last hope. And he finally gets the power from Vegeta. He powers up. He stops Broly's punch. He creates his his own little circle depression behind him. Um, and I guess everyone is done giving power because they all pass out right at the exact same time. Like uh, Vegeta, Piccolo, Gohan, Trunks, they're all just like, okay, we're done. Ugh. And then they <laughs> they all pass out. Goku drops some line like your hour has arrived or some such. Um, and he... Broly looks at him and says, no matter how much you absorb it, it's not enough to kill me. And Goku's like, well, won't know unless you try. So Broly flies in, um, but Goku has turned into Saitama, basically. Yeah, um, no joke. He just becomes the one punch man. So uh, Goku says the real fight begins, but he just one punch KOs Broly. He hits him and he twists his fist like like you would do with a knife. And it causes a freaking rift in Broly's body, who then explodes. Um, and this happens concurrently with the planet hitting or the uh, comet hitting the planet. So. The I struggled with the Broly exploding the rift visual until I started thinking about his body as that that bomb that kind of bomb mentality like that power like he store was ready to and it's explode. almost like yeah yeah it's like Goku's punch um it it uh what's the what's the phrase I'm looking for it it damaged the like structural integrity of the body that was holding in all that it's power. Like, have you ever seen those videos uh, of teenagers like popping their phone batteries with knives and then they explode? Mm -hmm. kind of like yeah. that so he compromised the integrity of the whole that is broly and that causes that power to kind of evacuate all at once is is kind of how i thought about it because i really didn't like the one punch thing i still kind of don't but you, you know you have to try that to makes, reason these things that out. makes broly a big glass cannon though i don't think that it does i mean it it kind of does i see what you're saying like all you have to um, do but, is get the right amount of power in a single point ah, yeah eh. Yeah, I get, I get you. But we, we cut to the spaceship, though, with the Earthlings, and it bulges comically in several places as Goku has somehow managed to instant transport all of the slaves and all of the fighters all at one time in the time before the comet hits. Um, and he throws up a peace sign, and then King Kai's like, I'm proud of you. Uh, and Chi-Chi jumps on the boys when they get back to Earth, and uh, <laughs> Goku just sillily announces that his favorite hobbies are reading and sports, and Chi-Chi passes out, and that's kind of the end of the movie. Yeah, you know... <laughs> It's not like they don't need to get ready for the cell games or anything, <laughs> right? <laughs> right, right. They're still concerned with Gohan going to uh, high, high school. school. Yeah, yeah. But that is the end of the movie, uh, and it's a fine movie. I I enjoyed it. Um, let's get into Holler. Uh, yeah, I'm curious. Excuse what me. did you have for Holler minutes? Um, so this movie ranked in at two point six Holler minutes, which is, to be fair, a lot. Um, but it still only is in second place behind Dead Zone. Dead Zone is two point seven five. Oh wow. Okay. I think that the reason is because all of the offensive hollering in Broly is from Broly exclusively. And there were a lot of fighters in dead zone that were hollering. So I think that those that's, that's the difference. Did there. you include Vegeta and, crying in this movie? <laughs> no, I was going to say that the holler minutes would be significantly higher for Broly. If I counted him laughing maniacally and Vegeta crying, <laughs> um, but I don't count those because they weren't really offensive hollering in that. Them's the, them's the rules. You got to have some structure. That's fair. Here. I'll give you that. Well. Uh, and then I would also suggest, too, I'm, I'm alluded to this earlier, but Paragus is the real villain of this movie. Like, Broly is the one who they fight. And I get that. But Paragus is the bad guy in this movie. A hundred percent. Especially once you have that realization of the body horror stuff that I went over. Absolutely. Earlier. I mean, his, his plan is I'm going to use my son like a tool to rule the universe and as soon as he can't do that anymore broly becomes entirely dispensable yeah. 
Paragus is the bad guy, fight me. Actually, don't. Don't at me on Twitter. Just know that that's how I feel. And if you feel differently, it's cool. I appreciate your opinion. <laughs> that's very kind of you. Yeah, in the movie, yeah. I mean, Paragus even goes out of his way to say it. Like, the moment he yep. loses control, he's getting in his pod. He's just like, well, you're nothing to me now. You're just a thought in the back of my head. So, yeah. I oh, mean. God, he's the yeah, worst. Yeah, Paragus is definitely the worst. And, you know, I, I really like that they have kind of, re, like, shifted that back onto him in the newer movie. So I'm I'm excited for that movie. Yeah. Me, oh, man, I can't wait to cover It'll Dragon be a long Ball. time from now. Super. Yeah, but I'm excited yeah. about that one for sure. Well, did you have any good trivia? Well, I, I poked around, but I didn't find anything outside of what I kind of seeded throughout the episode. I didn't find anything real big on this one. How about you? No, same. Like, this, the little bits that I found, we kind of wove in. We, we've gotten pretty good at doing so instead of having a big trivia dump at the end. Um, if this were, you know, an arc of the television show, I think that they would have spent a lot more time... Um, kind of digging deeper into Saiyan culture and lore. Like this is the door through which they could have walked and done that. Um, and they did so little because it's just covered in two little back, uh, you know, uh, background shots. Uh, but it would have been a really cool way to see a lot more of the Saiyan culture and even playing it. And I mean, it would have been a sensible way to do all sorts of cool things with the with the race itself. Um, I want to know more about the folklore of the Saiyans. Like, it, can you imagine King Vegeta like bouncing a little Prince Vegeta on his knee, telling him a boogeyman story before he goes to bed? Or are these like cave paintings of a legendary Super Saiyan? You know, like, or I, I, do they have like a Brothers Grimm of Saiyans where they talk about yeah. this stuff? Like, I want to know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um it's it's great. Um I, I, the movie's fine. Uh so let's let's talk about ratings. I'm I'm curious to see where it is that you place this one. I gave this one uh, I'm really having a hard time. I I feel like saying 3 out of 7, but some part of me wants to give Oof. it a 3.5. Okay. I think it's just okay. I don't like a lot about the movie in general. Like I didn't like it the first time I saw it as a kid. I kind of don't like it now. There's just parts of it that feel too goofy for me. And I don't know. I, there's something about Broly that I'm just like, I don't, I don't like the way he's portrayed necessarily in these movies. I liked him a lot in the most recent movie. I really enjoyed that movie, but this one, eh, it's just okay for me. I, I, I think I'm going to settle with a three, three out of seven. Yeah, I, I did have some nostalgia glasses on, but as I said throughout the episode, watching it with adult, more critical and even literary and analytical eyes, I appreciated this version of Broly way more than I anticipated. Really? Um, just yes. Uh, just seeing some of the way that they, and again, I still, I think that in the second and third Dragon Ball Z Broly movies, they lose this particular thread to him, and that is going to be frustrating to watch. They will receive much lower ratings, I'm guessing. Um, I'm calling it right now um, than, than I'm willing to give this one. It's not perfect. I thought that they did some things great, some things not so great. Broly standing around uh, at different times during the battle makes zero sense. Um, but again, like I said, I thought that they handled his character kind of good and and the way that they make paragus out to be the real bad guy is kind of yeah. neat like he's not the one that they that the z fighters are fighting i'm torn somewhere between a 5.5 and a 6 whoa um, that's yeah. way higher than i expected yeah dang now, me too me too um i well yeah i'm, I'm leaning more towards 5.5 i think 
I just really enjoy it. I, I, I really did like watching this movie as many times as I had to. It was an enjoyable watch every time. It's got some of my favorite visuals from some of my favorite characters. Um, it is the introduction of a character that has massive fan following um, in Dragon Ball Z. And I grew to like him more as I watched it. So I don't feel like I can give a lower rating than that. Um, that's that's where I stand. I was shocked by it too, to be, to be fair and clear. Um, but, but like I said, just ap- approaching it and understanding or, or at least interpreting some things differently really elevated this movie. I can see me. that. I, I definitely understand why you're giving it that rating. So, well, there you go. Three and a 5.5, it sounds like. 5.75. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. If no, you can have we'll half a Dragon Ball, you can have a on, quarter of one. Yeah, we'll keep it. We'll keep it at halfsies. <laughs> I don't like it quite as much as I like History of Trunks. Or maybe I do. Gosh, oh, this darn, isn't I don't know. anywhere near history of trunks for me. So yeah, that's yeah, funny. That's yeah. awesome though. Like that's just goes to show you how cool these movies are in the sense that two people can sit down and watch them and have so totally different views on them. You know, I mean, Dragon Ball Z's got a little bit of something for everybody. I really think that. Yeah, I do think that we'll probably be in closer lockstep for the next two Broly movies. Maybe, so, um, maybe. but the next movie is not a Broly no, movie. It's Bojack. Um, his, yeah, his sequel does not come for another two movies. It's Bojack and then uh, Broly's Second Coming. Um, so yeah, if you're watching along at home, we're watching Bojack Unbound uh, for the next episode of Kyo Cinema. And in the meantime, while you hunt that down, give it a watch uh, and prepare to tune in to listen to us talk about it for far too long. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we sat down before we started recording. We don't want to talk for like an hour and 20 minutes about this. To be fair, this is the Sorry. longest Dragon Ball Z movie outside of Battle of the Gods. It is. I think, I think is. the Battle of the Gods is a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, but in the meantime, uh, look us up on Twitter at AlmightyPod. Um, you can hit the pin tweet to find links to our Discord, to RSS feeds for uh, Almighty Pod and for Kyo Cinema, uh, along with websites for both. You can hunt us down on uh, iTunes or uh, Spotify to leave us a kind review. That would be super sweet. Adam, um, I'm suggesting that you still do the same. Kyo Cinema still only has one rating and it's mine. Um, <laughs> you, you jerk. I dropped the um, ball. I've not rated my own content. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget about uh, next week's AMP offering, episode 100. I'm super stoked about it. We've got some good ideas planned and maybe a couple of surprises that we haven't yet spoiled. So stay tuned for that. We'll see you in a week. See you guys. Just going at it. You know, she's just lying out of her. What do I want to say there? Lying out of her arse. Arse. Yeah, I wasn't (laughs) even going for that.